Thursday. And now, here are your hosts, Big Jim and Ryan. Yes! 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 Let's bring in our co-host for the afternoon. Ryan, uh, unfortunately, is working, but we have Matt with us on the line. Matt, uh, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm uh, resting up, getting ready for payback tonight uh you and i have been talking an intriguing show so i'm i'm looking forward to this one more so than the last one uh, really interested in a number of the storylines yeah definitely definitely some interesting things we will cover all of that uh after we uh talk to our guest here this afternoon we have rescheduled him from a couple weeks ago and we are uh honored to bring in pete gas uh to the show this afternoon pete how are you i'm good how are you guys Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you for rescheduling uh, from the other week. That's fine. My pleasure. Um, now let's let's get into it. Uh, you you're your childhood friend of Shane McMahon. So, uh, how much exposure did you have to pro wrestling growing up? Then, growing up, uh, we had some. I mean, Shane and I became friends in in uh, junior high school, and. We started hanging out more so in in high school when, uh, and at that time, you know, if there was a show at the Garden or whatever, we would go to it. Or uh, there's a story. Uh, I have a book coming out next next year in March, and there's some stories about when we were kids and you know throughout the whole wrestling thing. And it talks about how uh, when Vince's house was being built in uh, Greenwich, we were uh, he was renting a home, you know, not too far away from there. And uh, we were swimming in the pool, and uh, Vince went out to go get his beer because in high school the rule was we were allowed to have a couple beers, but we weren't allowed to drive. So we had to hand over our keys, and we had to spend the night. And he went out to go buy beer, and when he came back, Hulk Hogan was carrying our beer up to the pool, and uh, which was pretty cool, you know, because you get to you know, that's how I first met Hulk Hogan back in the day. So uh, we were exposed to it quite a bit. Um, I didn't go to many of the shows. I know Rodney actually went to WrestleMania three when uh, Hulk uh, slammed Andre. Wow, um, okay. Yeah, I didn't go to all those trips, but uh, I went. To, I, I was exposed to quite a bit of it. All right. So then, did you develop a desire then to be in the WWE, or was this something that you know Shane kind of presented yeah, you I with, always, and it was an opportunity? Yeah, I always had uh, a desire. Always dreamt of it. Um, you know, being around it, and then uh, when I was out of college, I didn't really know what to, what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be involved with, with wrestling. So at one point, I did go to Shane and said, hey, you know, Shane, what do I have to do to get involved? I really, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to be, uh, like to wrestle. 
And he said, well, uh, he goes, oh, you don't want to go. They're going to send you to Memphis. You know, he says, I can't really help you. I can't give you any, you know, basically <clears throat> there was no way he could, you know, because of, of our friendship, get me a job. Yeah, I'd have to go through it, you know, I'd have to pay my dues like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go go to a school. I'd have to train. I'd have to go to Memphis, work for $25 a day, stuff like that. And he basically kept trying to persuade me to not have to do it, uh, I think for a few reasons, one of them being the fact that he didn't want to have to use a favor. You know, he didn't want to have to, you know, or he didn't want to get involved with the whole thing. So um, mm-hmm. he kind of talked me out of it back then. He explained to me that, you know, you don't have time to have a second job and actually make money so your bank account will get depleted, you know, because you're, you know, you have to leave at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon to go to whatever city, set up the ring, the whole thing. And, you know, if you don't have the, the finances to do it, you really can't do it. And uh, ironically, about eight years later, that's what we ended up doing. <laughs> now, uh, when you were when you were brought into the uh, the WWE then in, in 1999, of course, part of the uh, Mean Street po- Posse with Rodney and Joey Abs, um, how much training did you then have before that? Was it months or years? Zero. All right. Or, uh, before we came out, before which date you asking about? About uh, when we first came out? Yeah, when you when, yeah when you were first brought in. We didn't even know how to take a bump. Wow. Okay. We only, wow. only only from messing around, you know, like if we went to the studio, Rodney and I would get in there and bump and, and do stuff just from what we were, you know, what we saw. But other than that, we never did anything to, uh, you know, we had no formal training whatsoever. So we went in and uh, we kind of went into it uh, pretty green, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so like what happened was, you know, we, we did all, all the vignettes and everything and then they brought us to Mania. And then uh, that's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. I believe it was 16 uh, back in 1999. Okay. And they had us go and do uh, – so about 10 days after that, Shane called Rodney and I back into his office and said, you know, would you guys – you know, how much vacation time do you have? Do you want to go on the road? Of course we did. Uh, and back then, Raw was filmed every other week. So they'd shoot Monday uh, live, and then Tuesday they would shoot for the following week. There was no SmackDown at that time, so we went. Uh, we went on the road. We take a few days off. Take uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Fly back Wednesday. So actually, take four days off. Well, three day, three work days off, and then, <clears throat> uh, and then the other times we were, we actually ended up starting to learn how to take bumps from Dr. Tom Pritchard there, and we did that for probably about nine nine months to a year and then they said that's when they said uh it's time you know we have to send you to memphis so when you're not on tvs you're going to be doing shows in 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 there in the memphis area to uh to learn how to you know more philosophy of a match and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and to further educate us but to answer your question we we had no knowledge like when we fought uh briscoe and patterson we knew no we had no offense whatsoever we knew how to take a bump by then and we just threw our bodies around to the you know make make them look as good as possible. Uh, so then, um, how involved were you with kind of the storyline that that you were brought in for? You know, this whole Mean Street Posse. Um, you know, the sweater vest costume. Had, we was... had <clears throat> we literally knew knew nothing as far as uh, we had no input on this on the way we dressed. 
we were, I was the only thing I was told by Shane was I wasn't allowed to get any tattoo visible tattoos and I wasn't allowed to have facial hair. I had to be the uh, so-called clean-cut one because uh, Rodney okay. was loaded with tattoos and so was uh, Joey Abs and uh, they both had facial hair and I they had to, they had to keep one guy clean-cut okay. other than Shane and I, I guess I, I got the uh, I got the nod on that so. <laughs> But uh, to answer your question with the storylines and stuff, we didn't have, we really didn't have any input until we got to the 24-7 hardcore stuff. Um, that's when we would go to locations and do mm-hmm. these hardcore matches. And if we had something in mind or, you know, we wanted to, the, Tommy Blanchard was our, uh, our writer back then. And he used to give us uh, the opportunity to speak up. And a lot of times he liked what we had to say. So some of the things we did were pretty funny and, we got it was our input on it that they got to do it. Now you you, you touched on uh, the, the hardcore title. You touched on working with some legends, um, and and then later uh, in your time in WWE, you worked uh, with the for the tag team titles. Is there anything that stands out to you uh, as your favorite storyline or moment uh, from your time in the WWE? Favorite storyline? Uh, well, I mean, I, you gotta. Lo- I have to love the one with. Uh, Shane and uh, Test, the lover lever, that was one of okay. my favorites. Uh, because back then, the storylines seemed to drag. Not drag out, but like they were, it was a storyline. It was like a soap opera. You right, know, every right. week, there was something going on. And the story, the, the storylines just didn't all of a sudden turn off like a light switch. You know, they continued. And <clears throat> the whole thing with, um, you know, at first, where Ste- Shane didn't want Stephanie to date uh, Test. And, that started probably in July of 1999, and then that whole storyline flowed into other storylines, and it went right into easily September before the storyline, you know, before that storyline mm-hmm. died. So it was a good three months. So I would say that was my favorite, just because you always knew you were involved in a pretty good storyline uh, going into, you know, when you woke up that morning, you knew you had something good going on. Right. Now, to touch on the uh, hardcore title, it was the hardcore title was always one of my favorites uh, growing up as a fan. Um, you know, it's obviously no longer there. Would you, as you know, a two-time champ, like to see it come back, or are you of the opinion that the hardcore matches are kind of better when they're used sparingly? No, I liked it. I, li- I liked it, and I thought it added a, <clears throat> a funny element with the twenty-four-seven rule. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I understand why they don't do it nowadays with the, uh, you know, being uh, PG-13 and, you know, they, they want to keep their sponsors like Snickers and Coca-Cola. Um, but, you know, they don't want kids trying this stuff at home, and, and I guess that's that's the why, that's the reason why they do it. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It was a different, um, you know, it was a different type of uh, match to watch, and, you know, I just I, I I'm kind of bummed that it left, but I I understand the reasons why they do it. Sure. Um, now, in your time, you you worked uh, as a tag team, uh, and and you also worked a, a singles competition. Was was there one that that you preferred to work as, or or did did it not matter to you? It didn't matter. Uh, I would have uh, I would have liked either one. You know, as long as I was uh, I was working, that's all that mattered to me. I just loved. Uh, I loved every bit of it. It was one of those jobs where you, you, you know, not many people could say they wake up and say, you know, like, oh, I, I can't wait to go to work today. It was one of, you know, because you, you knew you were going to be out in front of a crowd performing and doing stuff and and uh, 
it was one of those things where you jumped out of bed ready to go. So uh, as far as my, as far as I'm concerned, I, I could I could tag with anyone. It didn't matter or or, or singles. To me, it was all about just working. Now, um, recently we saw Shane return uh, to WWE. It was a real shock to most people. They kept that silent. Um, was that a shock to you as well, or, or were you um, still yeah, in enough shocked. contact with him? Uh, it's funny. I actually, the day he came out, uh, it was in Detroit when he first uh, reappeared. And uh, mm-hmm. I had spoken to him earlier in the day, and um, I had just picked up the phone to call him and found out, you know, we were talking, and I and he was driving in the city to take a, a guitar to his son, his son Declan at school, who forgot to take it to school. You know, and uh, so we were talking. He's like, all right, you know, for a while, and then all of a sudden he says, right, listen, I gotta go. I'll uh, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. I said, okay. We got off the phone. I called him that night. Didn't get through, but he called me back uh, that Tuesday, and I, I I jokingly said, I was like, you can't save me, you know, and go. He goes, I didn't case baby because I just didn't tell you where I was going next. So, uh, but yeah, I was completely shocked. Um, you know, I was on the couch. Uh, my my wife and I were watching, and literally as soon as his music hit, I, uh, you know, my, my jaw dropped, and then my my phone and computer really started to blow up. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, we we were all kind of in, you know just in shock. I can only imagine what it was uh, what it was like for you. Yeah, I mean it's, it's great because I know how much he loves the he loves the business and he loves uh, the WWE and uh, just to see him back uh, was something pretty special for I know him and his family. And uh, when I spoke to him the following day, he said it was for his boys. So everything you heard, uh, you know, everything you heard in the storyline is a shoot. None of it, you know. Um, he's he's there. Uh, for his legacy to his boys, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, he's his his sons are are so proud of their father, and he's you know he's their he he is their hero, which is awesome to even think about. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, not many fathers are boys heroes, so but the, he's definitely one of them. And uh, but anyway, just it was nice to see uh, to see him back, and hopefully he stays back. And which I think he will, my personal opinion, but you never know. And uh, yeah, maybe one day he'll need uh, a little help. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you never know. You never say never, I guess, is what they always say. Uh, for you, uh, back at WrestleMania, when, when Shane brought his, uh, his, his kids out with him uh, during his entrance, how was that? I mean, I thought it was awesome. How was that for you, knowing Shane as long as you have? I thought it was I thought it was awesome too. Uh, if I wasn't if I wasn't there and uh, I, I, he got me tickets, he got my wife and I tickets. We were sitting about the uh, I think about the fifth or sixth row, center uh, lined up right with the center. He he took really good care of us that week. Um, and I saw him go back when he came back out with his boys. It was just such a great moment, you know, because I knew his sons weren't in their seats because I'd watched them the whole night. They were sitting, you know, up in the front row, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I saw, you know, I saw Stephanie's kids and all that, and uh, but I didn't see the boys when he when he was coming out. So then when he went and got him, I thought that was a great moment for him and, and his family. So, 
But, uh, yeah, that was fun. It was was a fun moment. All the people uh, back home and and on the Internet kept telling me that, you know, when he went back, he thought that he was bringing the Mean Street Posse out. And I told them, (laughs) it looks like he's got his – He's got a new posse now, so he's uh, he's, he's running with those guys now. But it was uh, it was definitely so much fun to watch and their faces and and you know I watched you know Mrs. McMahon, uh, Linda McMahon rather, and his wife uh, Marissa, how happy they were to see it and all that. But I knew they were nervous too about the whole match. But but it was it was a great moment to see the boys out there too doing it. Oh yeah, sure, uh, and, uh, and 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 touching on the match. Uh... What did you were you aware that he was planning on the uh, the the spot off of the cage or, or what were what was going through your mind watching that? When I heard there was a cage match, you know, when I, I the cell match, I knowing him as long as I've known him and as crazy as he is, I knew he was going off that cage. <clears throat> One way, I'm sorry because I'm battling a really bad cold. Oh That's no why problem. I'm full of life on this conversation, but <laughs> the um, I uh. <clears throat> Sorry, but anyway, he. Uh, I, once I heard there was a cage involved, I knew there was, for some way, he was going to come off that thing. Dane just likes to fly, you know, so he loves to jump off things. It's been the same way since we were kids. He's uh, nothing's ever too high for him. Nothing's. Uh, it's always a cha- anything that's a challenge. He's up for, and yeah, you know, he's crazy. So, uh, but I knew he, I knew he was going to do something like that. I just didn't know when. It wasn't. It wasn't confirmed. But um, you know, once you, once. Once I saw, I, the only thing I was trying to figure out was how they were going to get through the, uh, get out of the cage. Once they get out of the cell, you know, what, how they were going to do it. Once, uh, and then when he cut, when he used the bolt cutters, I was like, he's going to definitely climb to the top. Yeah. So. Um, now recently you made some appearances, uh, with the, uh, on the edge and Christian show on the network. Um, you know, how did, how yeah. did that come to be? And, and, you know, go through that a little bit. What was that like? Uh, I got a call from uh, from Edge, and <clears throat> sorry, he said uh, he, he was telling me that you know that there's a bunch of props on the on the set. Now it's funny because Edge takes credit for it, so Edge is the one that called me to ask me to be, to be on the show. But then once you talk to Christian, Christian takes full ownership of the idea to use me. So they, you know, it's funny they work off each other. But anyway, the the, uh, the story how the story goes is that. Uh, they have old props from the past on the Edge and Christian show. And one of the props was the mailbox that Rodney and I actually did paint. It says Mean Street Posse on it and that with uh, number one on the mailbox that Shane used in that uh, Lover or Lever match. And uh, mm-hmm. so the, the props there, and it's on a, you know, they put it on a, uh, a post and everything. And then they thought, hey, let's have, let's call gas and let them, let him be a mailman. You know, our mailman. He could bring us mail, and it could lead to other segments. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. And then, uh, so sure enough, that's what they did. They called me. I was more than glad to do it. I hope they, you know, uh, they used me for about five scenes. I think the, in season one, and they have some ideas from, for some other stuff coming up uh, for season two if they decide to do it. Uh, I think the company's all aboard on it, I, but I'm questioning whether or not edges. Uh, Edge kind of gave me the thing. He said he had to think about it first. So, um, but hopefully they do it because the show, you know, the, the show got better and better as the season went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if you, what you guys thought of it, but I, I love it. And you really have to know the business to appreciate it. 
and there's a lot of inside jokes, but it's to me, I thought it was great. Yeah, the first couple episodes I th- I thought were a-, a little rough, but as it as it went on, uh, definitely has gotten a lot better. So yeah, I, I kind of hope there's a season two as well, and-, and and stuff gets done. Yeah, they were they were they were saying they were telling me how uh, with the first two episodes, um, yeah, they were still trying to find find their way sort of, and then uh, they got a little they got their niche uh, right around. Uh, the third episode and, and it just got better and better and like I said like I said before I think it's I think it's really good but I, I think I think it's a show that they should at least keep for a couple more seasons so hopefully they do all right now since leaving wrestling full-time uh, you know how how has your life changed you know obviously there's a big difference between being a wrestler and then not so you know what are what are some things that maybe you miss about the industry and you know is there how often do you get recognized as well i mean you i think you have a pretty recognizable character from that storyline and um, you look the same now to me as, as you did back then so i'm curious as to how often you get the oh hey there's pete gas uh i get a lot of uh you know it's, it's funny because when i first obviously as time goes on you, you get recognized a lot less um i i do get it a lot when um Every once in a while, I have to go to New York City. You'll see, I'll see somebody staring at me on the on a subway or a train, or and uh, or even at a at a restaurant, and they'll say, uh, you know, they'll ask me if I'm if if I ever wrestled and stuff like that. Or I even have customers uh, that I deal with that I never tell them that I have, but then all of a sudden, you know, they'll say, Hey, uh, Joe in accounting says you look familiar. Did you ever wrestle? So yeah, I get it quite a bit. <laughs> Um, they, uh, it's not as often, but then, you know, like if I play softball tournaments, there's always, uh, you know, that, that era of guys, you know, that that had grown up with wrestling. They want to, you know, they want to talk about wrestling and then in between games, sometimes you have an hour or two wait and I'm either taking pictures with somebody or telling stories and, you know, I every once in a while I, I'll, I'll be telling a story. I look around and it's almost like I got a, a classroom of kids sitting Indian style around me, just listening to these stories, and they love it, loving life. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I do enjoy. It. I miss it a lot. Uh, it's kind of hard when you uh, when you go from <clears throat> having that kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say. I guess it's fame. I don't really consider myself anything anything special, but uh, you know, being noticed a lot and stuff, and then you know, from doing that to becoming. Uh, you know, just having to go to work every day, like as I as I call it. You know, it's a it's a big change, but you uh, you definitely become addicted to that that lifestyle and and going out in front of the crowd and stuff. It's it's very addicting, and uh, it's one of those things where you uh, yeah you miss you miss that part, but most of all you miss the camaraderie in the locker room. I mean, those guys were amazing, amazing friends. Now, um, what, what what advice would you have for anybody who's who's looking to make his or her start uh, in professional wrestling? Uh, wear a helmet. No, uh, <laughs> I would. Uh, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I would. I would say the, the first thing is to be good on the microphone. Have 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 the confidence there because that's. You, you can learn the moves. Anyone can learn the moves. Well, not any. I shouldn't say that. It's not. It's not that easy. But um, I, I felt like it. 
it, it came easy after a while. But um, as far as like, if you have a good microphone presence and you have that charisma, um, then you're in good shape. You know, you're off to a real good start. You know, <clears throat> and that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, you got to get the the techniques down, obviously, because you want to be a safe worker. If you're not a safe worker, no one's going to want to work with you anyway, mm-hmm. and you'll never make it uh, any in any business. Uh, whether it's an independent business or or WWE, no one's gonna uh, no one's gonna want to work with you if you're not safe. So um, that's it. But I think the biggest thing is nowadays it's it's entertainment. So the you know I think the Rock's proved proven that you know the he's the best on the mic and look what he's doing. He's the most successful out of all of us. So that's uh, you know that's I think that's one of the biggest things going. All right, now one question we always like to ask, um, if you could have a dream match, uh, past, present superstar, um, who would it be against? Wow. Uh, I would say, I would say it'd be with Stone Cold and I would go over clean. I mean, you know, I would go over, I mean, I'd right. be go over, I'm sorry. I would put him over clean. I said, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, and there's a reason behind it. There's a, Back when we first started, um, it's one of those things where, yeah, I I still have, uh, like, so Stone Cold, we did some stuff. We were with The Rock because Rock was a part of the corporation, and he he had faced uh, Stone Cold, and Stone Cold wasn't happy with the way we took his stunner, but we didn't even know how to take a back bump. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, like Rodney and I in Madison Square Garden, took stunners. We actually took them okay. Um, <clears throat> and then Rock gave us a double people's elbow right after. And uh, But anyway, so we went backstage, and, and Stone Cold said, you know, that was a Saturday night. He said, Monday, he goes, let's go to the go into the ring, and we'll, uh, we'll work on it. So we never really we, – we did work on it, and we did take some stunners after that. But had we taken it the right way – or the way he liked it, where he didn't feel like he could possibly get hurt from taking it, then we would have been able to uh, we would have been able to do a lot more with him in the storylines, and, and we probably would have uh, got a lot more heat with the crowd. But um, it just didn't work out. So my dream match would be against him, just to prove to him that I could I could go. I guess I guess that's the way I would say it. All right, awesome. Um, and uh, last thing here, uh, you know, let. Uh, People know where they can uh, follow you on social media, uh, and um, you know. And I know you you, you mentioned about uh, your you have a book coming out. Uh, make sure people know about that as well. And anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? Yeah, um, you could follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at I am Pete Gas. Uh, that's the best way to follow me. Uh, it's funny because as soon as Shane came back, my Twitter followers more than doubled. <laughs> Not saying much because I, I only have. A few. I only have a couple thousand, but it's still pretty good for me because I, I didn't really push this thing. But now I'm going to uh, be given a lot more information about the book. The book doesn't have a title yet, but it was picked up in January by a company, uh, publishing company in New York City called Skyworks. Uh, so the, my co-author and I, his name is John Robinson. He uh, He's written a bunch of WWE books. He wrote the Attitude Era book. He wrote the... Um, the uh, the hell's his name? Uh, Ultimate Warriors book. 
that okay. came out last year. Okay. And he's got a book coming out soon with the NXT about NXT. So he and I are doing this book together, and it's going to launch next year in March. So if everyone just follow me on Twitter, you'll find out more about it, and you'll learn a story about how it, what it was like from being off the street, just like everybody that's watching this cast, to uh, right in the middle of the ring, and how it worked out, and how Vince took a chance on two guys with athletic ability and put us put them in the ring with the best of the business, and said, "Don't get hurt." So it's uh, it's a fun story, and uh, I am struggling with this cold, so I'm going to say goodbye. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Pete. Well, but, we uh, we uh, we hope you feel better. Thank you for joining us and uh, and fighting through the cold. We appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yep. But we are happy to bring in uh, our guest tonight, Caitlin Diamond. Caitlin, welcome in to Three Count Thursday. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That uh, that Vince McMahon promo threw me off when you guys first went on the air. I was like, oh, they're saying Happy New Year to me. And I said it back, and then I realized it was just Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, we do like to keep our guests on our toes. And again, we are uh, very thankful that you joined us here tonight. Um, the, we always like to get a little bit of uh, background information uh, on our guests for those that aren't super familiar with you. And, and I know from uh, doing a little bit of research that uh, you've credited your brother uh, as an inspiration for your passion for wrestling. What sort of impact um, did he have in regards to getting you started? Uh, well, my brother's five years older than I am. So he watched wrestling during the height of the Attitude Era. And I was pretty young back then, uh, and I basically just thought that my brother was the coolest person in the world because that's what little sisters think. Um, so I just copied everything that he did, including watching wrestling. And then he used to give me Stone Cold Stunners, uh, choke slams, what have you, in the basement on the couch when his friends would come over for fun. <laughs> um and and who are some wrestlers who who influenced you uh, as you kind of fell in love with the business? Oh gosh, I always credit uh, Chris Jericho's forever and always my favorite wrestler. And um, on the women's side, I love Trish Stratus, Lita, China. All right, now uh, growing up, you had participated in a lot of sports as well, uh, including martial arts at at a younger age. Um, how were you able to transfer what you've learned? in those sports into your in-ring persona? Uh, it's funny, actually. I just went to my old martial arts studio earlier tonight to inquire about some um, business stuff, and the sensei recognized me, and I haven't been there in, like, 13 years. It's weird. Um, honestly, it was a lot about confidence. Um, a lot of kids don't have confidence, especially when they're, like, an awkward teenager, and just being enrolled in martial arts taught me to believe in myself and to always stand up for myself, not take shit from anybody. Um, that's, you know, helped me greatly in life. Sure. Now, once you decided uh, wrestling was this path you were going to take, you, you got your training with Mike O'Shea, is that correct? That is correct. All right. Uh, just tell us a story about uh, the, the backyard wrestling event uh, that got you two introduced. Um, so what what happened was I was introduced to uh, a friend of a friend who was involved in a backyard wrestling show, and they had a ring, and they were getting trained by an actual professional. They just weren't 
trained formally at a school. Uh, so they had invited me to come to the seminar they were doing and check it out. So I did that. I was only 14 at the time, so it was nothing major. But the Backyard Wrestling Show got a lot of exposure in the town's newspaper. So some people who were involved in the business, including Mike Shea, saw the article, decided to come to the show, and said, hey, you guys have a ring. Why don't I train you properly? All right. And throughout the course of your training, is there anything that uh, stands out as maybe the most important uh, thing or lessons uh, that you learned? Um, I was trained with all men. Uh, and I think the most important thing that I took away from it is that men and women shouldn't be trained any differently. Awesome. Now, have you, uh, have you, have you wrestled a lot of intergender matches or do you prefer sticking with wrestling with women? When I first started wrestling, there was a lot less women wrestlers on an indie level. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't very popular at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of my matches were against men, uh, and I don't have any preference. I think it's cool to wrestle women because it is so popular right now, and people are really starting to get behind it. Uh, but in general, wrestling a man is the exact same as wrestling a woman. Okay, all right, and definitely something that that we are behind. We're, we're huge fans of of women's wrestling on the indie scenes on 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 all stages really of wrestling. So uh, we're glad to see that women's wrestling, you know, moving to the forefront of, 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 of sports entertainment and of, of professional wrestling. Um, now doing some research and I, and I hope the internet doesn't lie to us. Uh, your first match was back in Oh five. Yes. Awesome. Internet didn't lie. Um, what do you remember about that first match? Uh, you know, how did it go? Uh, were, were you nervous? Uh, can you step us through what, what goes through your head uh, your very first time stepping into the ring in the, for in front of a crowd? Uh, it was pretty simple. Uh, I was actually in uh, – the name of the town is going to escape me right now, but I was in some, like, middle-of-nowhere town in Tennessee, and I was doing a Dr. Tom Pritchard weekend seminar camp. Uh, and I was 16 years old, and – he was impressed by me in the seminar, and he asked me where I worked back home, and I said, well, nowhere, because there's an athletic commission, you've got to be 18 years old to wrestle, blah, 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 and he's like, well, goddamn, right now, commission down here, let's get you a match, so uh, I was the only girl at the camp, um, so we kept things very, very simple and realistic and something that the fans would get behind, and they just had me act as a crowd plant. Um, they had a local heel come out, rip on the crowd, rip on women, uh, and then, you know, he called me out of the crowd, I got into the ring, and we had probably, like, a two-minute match. It was it was nothing. Okay. Um, so, like, I was nervous, but not, like, shitting myself, like, oh, I'm not ready. Like, I felt ready. I'd been training for almost a year, and uh, finally had my first match, and it was very, very simple. So, like... I wasn't nervous like I was going to screw it up. I was very, very excited. Cool. Now, Caitlin, uh, we're somewhat familiar uh, with, with the, the indie scene here in the U.S. and, and how things work. And uh, is, it, is it much different in, in Canada? Or, or maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, what the independent scene is like in Canada. Uh, I'm lucky because I am in Ontario, which is the center of Canada. Uh, and 
it's it's linked to like you know Michigan border, New York state border. Uh, it's very much a wrestling hotbed. There's lots of places to work, um, and you know the the further west you go and the further east you go, there's less and less promotions. But right in the center, there's there's a lot going on. Um, is it hard to make a name for yourself? Yes. It's it's the same as anywhere basically. Um, there's there's people that uh, the internet gets behind and hypes, and if you're not one of them, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've heard like kind of not horror stories, but I've I've read books and and heard on different podcasts and things like stories of, of hopping in in vans and cars and and carpooling for what's what could almost feel like days. Since I guess since you are kind of more in that hotbed, it's not quite as. Uh, uh, grueling the travel, or is am I am I wrong there? Um, yes and no. Like uh, we do the northern guest tours, okay. so there's been times. Um, if you've read like Edge and Christian, or I guess it would have been Edge's book, he talks about it a lot. Rhino's talked about it a lot in interviews. Um, so basically, you're in a vehicle for uh 24 to 32 hours at a time and traveling over frozen lakes and uh you know kind of eating tuna out of the cans and that kind of stuff mm. uh and i did all of that at a very very young age i think i was 17 when i finally went on the road and experienced that um so that's where you get a lot of experience because you're wrestling twice a night you're wrestling you know five or six days a week um, so the experience is well worth it. A lot of wrestlers in my area don't experience that because Ontario is such a hotbed. They never get out of that comfort zone. They never get out of their little bubble. Sure. Um, but I would highly recommend anybody doing that. Absolutely. It definitely makes sense. Uh, you gotta, gotta make the towns, I believe is, is, is what they say. Um, let's talk about your, some of your in-ring moves, uh, namely your finisher, the uh, the skank drop. Uh, where did where did you come up with the name of that? First of all, and uh, kind of step us through creating your your finishing move. Um, honestly, the name just kind of came to me one day. I used to call myself before this was like a really cool thing. I used to call myself the anti diva, um, but I had like very very limited exposure, so nobody knew I existed. And then. WWE used it a few times, and then it was suddenly, like, you know, the cool name, so I stopped using it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd, I'd call myself the Anti-Diva, and I was always just saying, like, oh, you know, wrestling's full of skanks, and I just thought, yeah, why don't I call my finishing move a skank drop? Okay. <laughs> I've, uh, I've changed it a few times over the years. Right now, um, it's a Barbie Crusher is the, the technical name for it, but I just call, you know, my own move mm -hmm. the skank drop. Okay. Now, uh, you, you've had uh, pretty good success, I, I would say, uh, as a singles wrestler, uh, winning a few titles, wrestling with Femme Fatales, um, and making the PWI Top 50 this year. Uh, is there is there anything uh, kind of in your list of accolades that, that stand out as your uh, greatest achievement so far? Um, yeah, I would say the, the three months that I spent in Japan last year were... Uh, among the greatest moments of my life. It was hard as hell. The training is brutal. Um, the shows are amazing. The workers out there are phenomenal, and they they really forced me to, like, up my game. Um, so just in every way, I love that experience. 
Wonderful. Now you've uh, kind of speaking about about that. You you've been able to wrestle in a lot of places, uh, very internationally: United States, Mexico, Japan. Um, where are some of the places that you'd like to wrestle in the future? And uh, are there any upcoming trips kind of booked that, that you could share with us? Oh gosh. I want to wrestle literally anywhere that there is wrestling and that I won't be shot and killed for having my hair exposed, basically. <laughs> um, I will wrestle anywhere. I would love to do a UK trip. The UK scene is so hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Australia is huge on my list because Australia is amazing. Um, I don't have anything huge booked right now because I'm in the process of opening a wrestling school. Uh, which takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment. Uh, I am making a California trip next month, which I'm very excited about. All right. Uh, recently, we we got to see you and, and meet you uh, at Rogue Women Warriors when you took on uh, Lefisto and Stevens, PA. Um, how was your experience with uh, ACW? It's a, a fed that's kind of uh, in our uh, in in our backyard. I had a great time. I loved it. Uh, I was pumped to get to wrestle with Fisto because she's been a dream opponent of mine since before I've ever stepped in the ring. I always admired her uh, for many reasons, and uh, I was pumped to get to work with her and that she hand-selected me as her opponent, so it was a great experience for me. Awesome, and, and do you have plans or hopes to uh, to return to Stevens and, and Rogue Woman Warriors? Of course, I would love to. Um, it worked out that I was already staying in the U.S., and that's why it was kind of easier to get myself booked there. Um, but I mean, I would I would go back anytime anytime their budget allowed for it. Anytime I was welcome. It was actually a, a really fun show. I think that was the one with the uh, with the sea stars on it and Jocelyn the uh, the shark. Uh, yeah. probably one of our yeah. one of just a blast of a show. It really was a lot of fun. Um, when when did carrying a bottle of sake become incorporated into your uh into your entrance? Um so in Japan I am involved in a group called Oedotai. Uh and they're stable in stardom. Uh now the way that I would describe them without trying to toot my own horn is we're basically like the bullet club of stardom. So like there's a bunch of foreigners, there's a bunch of you know, Japanese girls, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the members kind of change in and out depending on who is in the country. Um, and we're, we're basically just cool heels. Um, now, we did have a manager named Act who was a wrestler for a long time, very very well-known uh, wrestler in stardom, who's retired now and managing. Uh, and she would come to the ring with a bottle of sake, and she would be a very important part into our matches. We'd use her in our cutoffs. We'd use her for finishes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she'd always have the sake. She would use it as a weapon. Um, and then when I was getting ready to leave Japan, she pulled me aside and had a conversation with me and just told me um, that she was taking a break from wrestling, um, but that, you know, she loved me and she loved working with me. And I said, hey, you know, same ditto. And, you know, when I go back to Canada, I want to continue with the Oedo Thai gimmick. It's the, it's the gimmick that I feel most suits me as a person. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, can, he, can I come to the ring with the sake and can I use that as a weapon and kind of keep that tradition that you brought alive? And she said, yeah, absolutely. I would be honored if you did that. 
Um, so it's funny, like a lot of you know fans who think they're smart have kind of tried to say that like I've I've ripped her off uh, when in, in fact they don't know that like you know we we spoke about it and it was it was an approved idea. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for uh, for sharing that, and it's true. Like you. you just having that, I think when it's been again speaking from when we saw you, um, you know, you, you made your entrance and and the whole crowd just kind of bought into your intensity, um, and 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 the whole everything that you kind of brought, uh, bottle and everything. It was just a, a great presentation. So, uh, kudos to that. Congratulations, and uh, again, thank you for sharing that. Um, what advice would you have to anybody that's uh, looking to kind of make his or her start in the wrestling industry? Um, you have to be tougher than you can imagine. Like pain every day is something that you have to be prepared for, for the rest of your life. And you have to love wrestling, even when it doesn't love you back, because more often times than not, it does not love you back. And you feel like you're not getting what you're owed out of it. But the truth is wrestling doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be like, you have to be mentally tough. As as much as you are, have to be physically tough, you have to be mentally tough. All right. Now you you mentioned Lafisto. Uh, you know, getting to wrestle her at Rogue Women Warriors is it was kind of a dream match for you. Uh, if you could uh, book yourself against anybody, uh, past, present, um, and, and whatever, uh, whatever venue, whatever style of match, what what would your dream match be? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh, and I always try to avoid answering this when people ask me because I'd, I'd hate to, like, leave people out. Um, but I always just say Trish Stratus because she was my biggest influence uh, when I was getting involved in wrestling. I'd love to wrestle her, like, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as, like, on an independent level goes, I still haven't wrestled cheerleader Melissa, and I'm she's she's always been right up there on the same level as Lufisto, in my opinion. So somebody booked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you very much, and and we we appreciate you uh, joining us here tonight. Um, before we let you go, make sure you let people know where they can follow you on social media, and if uh, there's anything you you want to add or, or any upcoming uh, bookings or events. Uh, or, or the you know mention uh, the, the the school again that you're, that you're hoping to open. Just anything uh, that we might have missed. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Caitlin Diamond. Uh, you can also find the wrestling school. It is called Lucha Slam Training Center. Uh, we are opening this Saturday in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. Uh, very excited about that. Um, you know, looking to enroll as many students as possible, bring them up the right way. Uh, we will be running an event at our school the 29th of January. I've got events in Toronto on the 5th of February for Death Proof Fight Club. Uh, I've got Stranglehold Wrestling on the 17th, uh, which is also in Toronto. And then I will be flying to Los Angeles on the 18th for Sabotage Wrestling. So, uh, you know, bookings kind of die down as far as Canada goes in the winter, unless you're on the winter roads touring, which I don't have the luxury of doing this year. But I'm very excited about the school. So I want everybody to check us out on Twitter and on Facebook. 
All right, Caitlin, again, we, we thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, it was great seeing you uh, at, at Rogue Women Warriors. We hope to again, uh, hopefully, uh, see you sometime in 2017. Thank you very much for having me tonight, guys. Yep, Caitlin, take care. thank you so much. Well, it's our annual December tradition. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Fourth time. Show. Oh, I got, I got, got music, music playing. playing. Jesus Christ, I am... I am a failure of a podcaster. Nah, man. But let's, good. let's get her on. Maria Manic, welcome back to Three Count Thursday. What is this, like year four? I believe. I believe this is, believe year, this is four. year four. Four so times? Four times in a row. That's actually crazy. Four times. So we are, uh, we are thrilled. I don't even feel like I've been wrestling for four years. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I, maybe, maybe we did our math wrong. No, no, I think I think four is correct. Matt, Matt's our stat guy. He's a lot smarter than us. That's fair. Whoa, 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 whoa. I want to say it was like 2015. So what is that? 15, four 16, years? 17, 18. Yeah, this, this is, is yeah, this, this is would definitely time. be number four. It's hard to believe we've been That's podcasting crazy. that long. I'm old. We're we're all old. old. Yes, yeah. but you 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 look old better than we look old. So th- there's always that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, well, we are we are glad to have you back on the show. Uh, we finally got uh, the live video and everything working. We're having a little bit of a little bit of problem over here, but uh, that that happens. That happens with us. But we're glad to have you. And I think this time last year, if if memory serves us right, uh, you were kind of testing the water when it comes when it comes to the uh, death matches. And now you are a full fledged death match <laughs> diva. Um, I don't like that sentence. I don't like that sentence. Okay, well, if if there's any problem, that that's Matt's department. So any anything that uh, is negative, you can punch him in the stomach next time you see him. That's fair. No, you know what's crazy? I think when we talked last year, I I want to say it was right before my first death match with Slack. I think, was it not? I believe so. It, it, it was it right. Was, it was yes. right around then. Um, so so I mean, it was like I was about to jump into that world. Yes. I had no idea what was coming ahead of me in life. <laughs> um, so so now, kind of looking back over this past year, what what is it about the death match that like interests you the most? Man, I don't even know. And I get asked that every day. You know, people are like, "Why would you? Why do you do that to yourself? Why would you put yourself through that?" I mean, obviously, there's something about it that I like, or I wouldn't, you know, risk my life the way I'm. <laughs> you know, putting it out there all the time. Uh, but I don't know, like the first time I got, I want to say something with the blood. The first time, which was that match in last December, I was just covered in blood. Like seeing the reactions from people was something I had never seen before, even in, you know, regular wrestling matches. Everyone was terrified. Everyone was amazed. They, they didn't know what to think. They were jumping out of their seats and it was so, I don't know. It was such a crazy feeling. And I, I felt like I was dying at the time. I wasn't, but I felt like I was dying. And that was so almost like awakening. Like it's like when you're, you feel like you're dying, you feel so alive. And that sounds crazy. I sound like I need therapy and actual help, but (laughs) something about coming close to death makes you feel so alive. And you know, you get better at it and you, you get safe with it. So I I know I'm not actually going to go out there and die, but having people think I am is, is really cool. I don't know. And I guess it's, it's one of those things too. Um, you know, there's really not many girls doing what I do. Sure. So, and I, you know, I was told so many times, like, you know, girls are, don't do that. There's no, girls don't really do glass and matches. Girls don't bleed. Girls, you know, girls just can't really do that. 
And when I heard that, I was like, man, I want to change that. I want to make it normal for girls to do that. I don't want deathmatch wrestling to be something that only guys can do and only the tough guys can do. You know, I'm a girl and I want to do everything that they're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, in, in terms of, I mean, it kind of sounds like the answer to this question is no, but is there anything, you know, in, in, in that world of, of the deathmatch that, that, that you won't do? You know, you, you said you kind of had this feeling of uh, almost death, but is there is there anything that you're like, no, that even that's probably still too a, a little too extreme. Uh, definitely. I mean, being around some of the most extreme deathmatch guys, even dating one, seeing some of the things they do, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, like, <laughs> uh, I definitely don't like heights. So, you know, some of the stuff like in cage death matches and things like that, like, I don't know if I would take those bumps. Um, I mean, I say that now, but then again, a year ago, I also said I would never do a death match. So you never know. <laughs> but like, as, as far as like right now, I wouldn't do that kind of stuff. I also don't like, um, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they have like saw boards, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. they're like boards with actual saw. And like, I, I remember seeing that the first time I was at a VOW show and I, I walked past a board with literal saws in it yeah, <laughs> like <nope>. picking up <laughs> and i saw that I, I remember saying to everyone i was like yeah that's not gonna happen i know i am um, changed my mind about everything but that's not happening <laughs> like uh i've definitely seen some things that i i wouldn't do but yeah i think the heights for me is the one thing that i haven't really like conquered my fear of yet which i, I hope to get over at some point. i think too it's like i'm a big girl so you know like Standing on the top rope is not something I'm comfortable with. Or, you know, I don't really trust people to catch me. And I know I should, but I don't. <laughs> I like to be the person that catches the people that are jumping off high things. I don't want to jump off the high things. No, that makes sense. Stay off the scaffolds. No need for that shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't like that. <laughs> not my thing. Um, and uh, is, is, there, is there anyone in particular maybe that, you, uh, that you'd like to square off against in a death match? Is there anybody that's kind of... You know, we always go. We always kind of go back to that uh, Cody Rhodes like wish list. Is, is there anybody that that, yeah. that you have out there that's like you know this this is somebody that I want? Man, you know who I I, I would love to do a death match with uh, Lufisto. She doesn't do death matches anymore, unfortunately, but I think that would be awesome because she she was kind of one of the first girls to do some of the crazy shit. Um, and you know, I never paid much attention to that, but now I go back and watch some of it, and it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people kind of forget that she used to do those kind of things. Um, and, you know, I think, I think, and, you know, she kind of told me this too, you can't do death matches forever. And, and, you know, I understand that. And everyone in that world has told me that, you know, you can't have a 20 year long death match career. Sure. It's just not, your body's not going to let you do that. So I know it's something that, you know, I want to enjoy now. And uh, I don't want to, end as a deathmatch wrestler if that makes sense you know what i mean it, it, my body lets me do it right now i'm young i'm able to do it it's fun but you know i do like to i like to know in the back of my mind that i also am a good wrestler and i don't need the deathmatch sure. stuff. you know um but yeah lefisto i did really want to wrestle uh sage sin but mm-hmm. she i think she retired actually recently a couple a couple weeks ago a couple months ago something huh. like that um out of the blue so that unfortunate yeah, uh good... like tons of guys i'd like to wrestle like uh um actually just wrestled g raver mm-hmm. um that was awesome he's amazing he's probably one of the best guys out there um i don't know man there's like there's so many people i feel like the deathmatch world is like a whole new world for me so i really haven't wrestled that many people um man i'll take anybody sure. <laughs> i'm glad you brought up lefisto because i was going to bring her name up was they were like 
anybody that inspired you as a woman to, to that you know was like a trailblazer that you look up to as far as deathmatch wrestling or yeah like yeah wrestling? yeah deathmatch yeah uh no um not really a girl because like i said there aren't really many doing many. it right now um i mean i think kind of training at czw and being around deathmatch wrestling and then you know matt tremont trained me for a while just being around that and kind of soaking it in for a couple of years before actually diving into it made me very intrigued by it um and made me interested in it uh you know, it started out as something that I was like scared of and I would watch people do it and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I would never do that. You know, props to them. And then, and then I think, you know, you just start accomplishing more and more and more. And I've done so much in the last four years to, you know, prove myself, not, mm-hmm. not to other people, to myself. And you knock one thing off the bucket list, you knock one thing and then you just realize, you know, and I realized like a couple months ago, I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm not scared of anything. Like I can truly say I'm not scared of anything mm-hmm. anymore because I've just, you know, accomplished everything. If something scares me, I got to do it. Like right now, like I said, you know, the heights thing, I got, it's the last thing I got to do that. Right. And then something else will come up and I just kind of knock everything off. And, you know, you just get to a point where you don't really have any fears. Sure. And it's kind of a, I, I changed that question into a whole nother. No, that's fine. <laughs> topic. That's fine. Um, something you recently knocked off your, your bucket list was getting stitches for the first time. Um, and it was in your head. So that's badass. Um, but what, what happened? What weapon hit you? Uh, I honestly, I'm got real messed up in that match. My hand is messed up real bad. Um, I don't know. (laughs) This sounds terrible. I don't know what it was that cut me open because we, um, we didn't have glass in Mm -hmm. the match. I took a bunch of chair shots to the head. So my, I think my head just, uh, that could be anything. Um, but my hand, that's why I didn't know what happened to my hand because I really didn't, like I said, there was no glass. Something had to have scraped out. I know there was barbed wire. There was a lot of stuff like on the outside and I was on the outside a lot of the match and we were doing spots on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but something went into my hand and I remember uh, during, I was bleeding a lot during the match uh, more than I expected. And, uh, I looked down at my hand and imagine blood was like coming up, you know, when it's like mm. squirting up, it's so yeah. gross, but it wasn't. And I, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, should I keep wrestling? This is a little bit alarming. And then I uh, came to the back and I, I was like, fine. Like it dried and I wasn't pouring blood anywhere. And then I went up in the bathroom to get changed and I just start squirting blood out of my head, out of my hand. I was like, <laughs> I need a doctor. Um, and they're like, yeah, we need to, uh, put some stitches in your hand yeah and uh I've, it's funny cause i've been i have a job right now i'm in personal training and uh i had to go to work on monday <laughs> and i had like a giant bandage on my head i had my <laughs> hand wrapped up and it's so hard to explain to people like you know my clients they know nothing about wrestling and they're like what happened to you i'm like oh i got hit with a steel chair like that <laughs> that sentence doesn't go over well with people in the regular world sure so it's, it's really funny right now with me trying to balance like a big girl job and, you know, my wrestling life, which is so, you know, I don't want to say little kiddish, but it is to other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, but yeah, I, I did, uh, kind of, I just wanted to go hard last weekend at cage of death. Cause I, uh, I'm not doing any other death matches the rest of the month. Okay. Um, cause I, my body needs a little bit of a break. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. 
I'm actually actually not wrestling at all much this month. Um, I just kind of want to take it easy, and then January kind of start back up. Sometimes you just need like a break mentally, um, to kind of miss it. I guess. Yeah. You hit the reset crave button. Crave it again. You hit the reset button. Yeah, get definitely. the body right. Get the mind right. Hit hit the new year hard. Hit the ground running. Um, along yeah, with your... December is kind of a slow month for wrestling right. anyway. There's not many shows in December. Right. It works in your favor. Um, yeah. But alongside with the death matches, you also had uh, a, a drastic uh, growth in intergender wrestling. And I know when you first mm-hmm. when you first start, maybe not think traditionally that's the path you want to go, but uh did, was there ever a point in time when you were when you were first starting uh the world of professional wrestling to to even think of intergender matches and then if um if you didn't at what point did you have the realization like just like with your deathmatch stuff like you know I could do this and this actually seems like something that's fun and I want to be a part of more Um no I never saw myself doing that I think also like the time that I started which was like 2000 14 like that uh intergender wrestling wasn't as popular nearly as much as it is now um so i just really wasn't familiar with it um and i I think what kind of clicked to where i was like i could do this and and i think the difference between me now and other girls is it's 100 percent believable for me to wrestle guys you know what i mean you hear that you hear all the time like oh it's not believable that's why it's corny it's cheesy but it's 100 percent believable and i think when i started uh like working out and getting bigger and you know obviously i put on a ton of size in a short amount of time i realized you know outside of the wrestling world i'm stronger than a lot of these guys or if not you know i'm just strong if not stronger than these guys i'm just as tough as them so why should i not competitively wrestle against them um and you know, I think it was just a confidence thing. I, you know, if you'd asked me four years ago, you think you'd wrestle guys, and I'd say no because I can't actually fight a guy in real life. But now I have the confidence to where there is a handful of guys that I could fight in real life. Um, and I don't know, intergender wrestling is very fun. I think it's 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 very amusing to fans because you know it's such a it's such a crazy concept. But when you actually look at it, and I'm wrestling a guy that's smaller than me, it's that's a fair fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who cares mm-hmm. if I'm a girl? It's I think in the path that we're going, uh, in a couple of years, like I don't think there will be like women's wrestling and men's wrestling. It's just wrestling. There's right. no, you know, before it was like there's a show and then there's a, a girls match on the card. Mm-hmm. There's one girls match in every card. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's just going to be you have wrestlers throw them in matches, and that's kind of how it's becoming. And I really like it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a fantastic trend uh, that, that we're seeing in the business right now. Uh, it's something that you, that I, you wonder, can... I don't know. I always question if it's going to correlate to television wrestling because, you know, you don't really right. see intergender stuff much on WWE and Impact and things like that. But I, I think if we continue to go down this path, it will it will it'll happen. You know, WWE has got to realize at some point, wow, like you know, even look at YouTube, look at intergender matches. They have mm-hmm. 10 million views on the indies. You know what I mean? More ma- more views than WWE matches have on YouTube. It's yep. crazy. So I think they're going to realize that at some point, and they're almost stupid if they don't put that together, you know? They're yeah. missing out. Yeah, I mean, even if it's, you know, say kind of a year, year and a half from now, the the indie scene, it's just kind of wrestling, then it, maybe it's probably going to be three or four years down the road. Like like WWE's always yeah. kind of behind a little bit, I think, to that. But I oh, I, I, I think you have a, a great point that um, – that, that at some point they're they're going to have to kind of cash in on on the trend that's that's happening. It's a great trend. 
Um, that, that's yeah, it. they're missing out if they don't. Absolutely. Um, now, obviously, you, you you touched on you know kind of making things look more realistic when it comes to intergender and you've you know the 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 workout routine and all of that. It, you know, is the, is there something that um, you, you've attributed to that you, the the transition from I think you know in the in the past we've had you on. Uh, you were the like the East Coast Barbie. Now you're kind of the Beast Coast Barbie. Is that? I, I don't know. If yeah, that, definitely. <laughs> you know, and it, I think your your uh, your Twitter even says that you beat people up and lift heavy things. So, like, is is yeah. there? Is it is it is it diet? Is it strictly gym? Like, kind of what what is you know kind of what what's a bit of a snapshot that that you could give us to to what has helped you with this transition? Uh, honestly, like I mean. Not that this is really the question, but, you know, a lot of people ask me why I made the transition, like why I completely, completely changed my look and my personality. And I think it's just um, I was trying to be something I wasn't for a long time. And I think it was it was almost obvious, you know, no one was really buying into what I was doing because they could tell it wasn't authentic and uh, it didn't come off right because it wasn't real. And, you know, in the kind of the last year, I started to realize who I actually am and what I stand for and. I don't want to be looked at as just a, a sex object or, you know, anything like that, which I, I kind of was being looked at before. And it wasn't my fault. I wasn't trying to come off that way, but that's how people were perceiving it. Sure. So I, I got really mad and I got really sick of that. So I was like, I'm going to give people something to respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and people respect me now because you can look, you can look at me for two seconds and know that I work hard to look the way that I do and, you know, to perform the way that I do. Um, and I, you know, put my life on the line in the ring. And I think that's, you know, something to be respected. Um, for me, though, it's it's all consistency. It's like, um, as far as gym, diet, um, lifestyle, everything, it's just very, you know, uh, everyone knows what it takes, say they get in good shape or whatever the case, but no one wants to consistently do that for a year. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, you're, and, you're and, and people look at me crowd. now and they're like, oh, you put on so much size. Like, how did you do that? Did you just do it in two months? It's like, no, this is, I've been working at this for three years. It just finally showed up. Sure. You know what I mean? It, it takes a long time for your body to grow and change. And I've been working at this for a long time. And, it's you know, now it's finally paid off. So I think now people notice it like, oh, she did it in three months. But it's like, no, <laughs> I've been working at this for a very long time. Sure. Yes. Our body grows and changes the wrong way. Here we grow. Here on three count Thursday. They told us to grow up, and we decided you guys to grow come out. Train with me. I don't know where do you guys live. We, we're out. In, we're out of Lancaster. I think you volunteered to like whip our asses last year, and it just never happened. And, <laughs> and I don't know. We forgot to arrange it. But I yeah, that's I what happened. We dropped. The, yeah, because we were talking about personal training last year, and you said you whip our ass, and I don't. Uh, I think we got scared. <laughs> Something bad happened. You probably I, did. I wasn't even Lancaster there. Lancaster is not that far away from me. You're like two hours. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. I mean, we we head down to Philly for shows and stuff, so it's. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Be some good YouTube. I don't want to talk about it. It's scary already. (laughs) Where's Matthew? Is Matthew here? Matt's out of York. He's not here right now. He's not here. No, he sets it up and uh, and tees us up and and says go. But I I probably he messaged me today. He might. I feel like he DM'd me today. Did he not? Yeah, yeah, that was probably Matt. Yeah. Matt's always sliding into the DMs. Where's Matt? I don't hear his voice. Yes, he's just he's not on he's not on the air with us tonight. I feel like you guys haven't seen me wrestle live in a while, though. It 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 has been a while. I think, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to go back in 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 my in my memory, and it's probably been 
at least nine months. Like I remember for me. seeing, I remember seeing you guys, but it wasn't in the last year. Yeah, it's it it probably over a year. It might have been like last October, which is it's not good. We 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 do yeah, have to rectify. A, That's like a I new think the year's last time yeah. I saw you wrestle was at an adrenaline show, where it was like the or the fire show. It was hell. That might have been oh, that might have yeah. been a year and a half, two years ago. That's I, uh, this is like New Year's resolution in, material in right Denton, here. Yeah, got it. We got to make this happen. We're not good at what we do, and we apologize <laughs> for that. That was, like blonde, that was blonde Maria. We don't. We don't. That talk was about blonde that Maria. Maria. Yeah, yeah. We don't know her. No. All right, so recently, <laughs> no, we don't, no. Um, uh, I, I, this is one I watched, actually, um, and I heard about. Uh, H2O uh, put on their, their We Can Do Better show. Um, mm-hmm. The organization's first female card um, in which you took on Hot Scoop Skyler. Um, and you've really been a uh-huh. mainstay with that promotion for some time now yeah. with, with H2O, or H2O, not just the, the, the women's show. Um, how closely were you involved with Matt in terms of setting that, of that card up? Um, yeah, that was, uh, we actually didn't really know about that until a couple months before. Okay. Um, and you know, that show was, I was, I was really, uh, happy to be part of that and let that happen. And I don't want to like credit myself for anything, but I think I definitely helped push, uh, to make something like that happen. Cause I was kind of the first woman in H2O to kind of, you know, take on all the guys and, mm-hmm. you know, fill the role of a guy. Um, and I, I would like to say that that company kind of gave me my reputation, which I've built in the last year, um, because Matt was constantly giving me opportunities, you know, putting me in positions that were going to make me look good. He's doing everything, genuinely doing everything at, with my best interest at heart. Um, you know, a lot of promoters say they're going to do this for you and they're going to help you, and but they don't really actually care. Mm-hmm. He genuinely cared about me and, gave me what I needed to succeed. And it, at the time, like I didn't want those things. Like he was making me wrestle all these guys and I was terrified. Like I didn't want to do that. But now looking back, it's like, wow, you really made me who I am. I remember him telling me in December or I guess it was like November at the time. He's like, you're going to wrestle Schlack in a death match. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, but now it's crazy to think like if, if I hadn't done that and he hadn't pushed me to do those things that I was uncomfortable with, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I think that's honestly the biggest thing in wrestling is forcing yourself to do things you're not comfortable with Mm because you're not going to grow if you don't. You know, you look at people that haven't really gone anywhere with their career and you ask them, you know, what do you think the problem is? And they'll say, well, I'm just kind of, I'm too comfortable with where I am. And my role is like, if I'm comfortable, I have to force myself to do something I'm uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Force myself. I don't want to do it. I know I don't want to do it, but I feel so good after I did. And, you know, it always pays off. Um, But yeah, the woman's company... Uh, I, I was really excited about that, and it, we actually had a great show. We had a good turnout. We were nervous because, like, it was you know it was the first time running a show like that. Sure. Um, but it did really well. Great. Um, and then we set up. Uh, me and Tara Calloway are wrestling at the next Woman of Honor. I just said Woman of Honor. <laughs> Woman's Hardcore Hustle uh, show to claim the first uh, woman's champion. Nice, wonderful. And we're doing a no rope barbed wire, which I've never done before. Hey, so. nothing to cross off the bucket list then. So there, there will be another yeah, one. I've, in done, the... I've done barbed wire, but never on no, the ropes. not the no ropes. So another one will be coming in the future. Yes, I Super. believe we don't have a set date yet. Probably going to be in uh, February. Ooh, there you have it. You guys got to come to that one. That I'll, I'll mark down. February yeah. is an easy to do to do month. Yeah, and that's um. Probably shouldn't be too far from you guys. Maybe like no more than two hours. 
Yeah, which that's those are usually a fairly easy trip uh, for those shows. So yeah, definitely we'll get that on the calendar. Yeah, everything, everything, especially when you're talking about the world of wrestling, like two hours, two hours wrestling time is like 15 minutes for normal people. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, that's two hours. No problem. Yeah, it's. I'll hear people people at my work. They'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you drive 20 minutes to work. What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "That's." literally like walking distance to me like three hour drive i'm like oh easy night you know no travel (laughs) like yeah that's how i feel like traveling home i'm I'm not originally from pennsylvania i live in i'm from virginia and so like a six hour drive from pennsylvania to virginia i'm like that's nothing yeah that's easy six (laughs) hours six hours absolutely i'll I'll do that today it's it's not a far drive it's not a far drive until it hits double digits like once you get to the 10 hour then you're like ah shit yeah, it's like, uh, okay, I actually have to stop. If you have to stop for gas on the oh, trip, yeah. then that's, that's a, a that's a long trip. I had a guy at work if with. If I have to stop and sleep in my car, it's a far <laughs> That's right. right. I had a guy I work with said he's not going to go to Mania this year because it's too far. What? Like, brother, it's not going to get any closer. Right. Unless it, yeah. unless it comes to Philadelphia, right. it's not getting Mania's any closer than New York. not getting any closer to yeah. central Pennsylvania I'm than already, it is right now. I'm already expecting people to be like, oh, can I stay at your house? Because I live in Jersey. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I have to come with an excuse to just tell everybody so no one can stay with me. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, a, oh, that's, that's, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. <laughs> and even, even though you called us out a little bit for not being, not being uh, physically at – uh, having seen you in a while in the ring, we have been fortunate enough to follow your career from uh, blonde Maria days. We don't know her anymore <laughs> un- until now. No. And you, you've, you've progressed a long way earlier on when you've been on the show before I uh, talked about how the Philly crowd treated you and, and things have changed. So can you tell us about the transition of being in the different stages of your career start uh, being in the fellow twins Academy um, for WSU, and now moving into the deathmatch arena. You're going to have to refresh me, because I... What what was my crowd reaction? I, think, I genuinely don't remember. Well, not so was much... Was it more that they didn't... I think the Fella Twins, um, I think they sympathized with you and, and Penelope at the time. And I think it was Jamie was was with, with you guys? Yes. I feel like I feel like the the CZW crowd somewhat sympathized with you a, a little bit there. At least I did. I don't know. Maybe maybe the CZ crowd, <laughs> the CZW crowd didn't. They don't, probably don't sympathize very much. Hmm. Uh, I think that like honestly, this was my first show back with CZW in a while. Um, I had been gone for a while. Uh, I think back then, you know, I did. I, I've always been entertaining. Always. You know, with, with every stage of my life. Right. People have always been kind of curious as to what I'm doing because when I'm performing, I'm always, you know, people always cared to some degree. But before, they didn't respect me. And to their defense, they didn't really have a reason to. I think now they see me and it's like, wow, you know, we have a reason to respect her. She's busting her ass. She's doing everything she can to be, you know, uh, respected. And um, I don't know. I I don't. I don't want to say they only, you know, respect me because I'm doing the deathmatch stuff. But I think, I think it's very clear that I've put a lot of work, not just physically, but um, I put a lot of work into who I am. And you know, I, I, and I, I stick up for myself too. Now that's the biggest thing is I refuse to put myself in situations that are going to degrade me or make me look bad or, you know, uh, I, I don't let anyone disrespect me now. 
and I, it, I don't take shit from anyone. And I think people see that and they kind of admire that. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be something it's a, you know, along, the, along the lines of you had their respect, but now it's a different level. It's a, it's an extra layer of respect, a different, yeah. a different plane. Yeah. People know I'm not going to take their shit before I kind of would let, let things slide and let people treat me a certain way just because, you know, I felt like I didn't really deserve anything more than that. Now it's like, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to treat me that way. You're not going to get away with that because I know what I'm worth now. Whereas before I didn't. And I think because I, I started wrestling at such a young age, I was, I was still a child when I started. And now I can tell I'm becoming a woman, which is, which is, it's cool to look back at. And like in such a short amount of time, I've mm-hmm. grown so much mentally, yeah. not just physically, I guess. Yeah, no, it's that, 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 that's great to see, you know, the development and that's kind of, I almost kind of the 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 theme of, of this interview as it's kind of played out a bit is um, that we we've since we've had you on every year uh, around this time of year that we've been able to see this progression from where you began to where you are now and and obviously um, you know to the, the the change of hair color that we've talked about something else that is um, kind of uh, not uh, not you can't miss it. Is uh, is the tattoo, the man eater tattoo? Oh, I was wondering when this was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, like so, I knew, I knew it was on the sheet. I was, I was like, when is this coming? It's <laughs> number seven. It it's had number to. Seven. Number seven. So, so it, it, it had, it had to come up. Like, I like guess I knew something was missing. I was like, there's something we're supposed to talk about, but I can't think of it. <laughs> um, I mean, what, what, what was kind of the, not necessarily the story behind it, but was this something that you, that was, you know, did you, did you plan it out or was it kind of a spur of the moment? I want to get the, I, I want to get this done. Like what, what was kind of the, the, the reasoning behind it? Uh, so it, honestly, it kind of, I don't want to say it was a spur of the moment, but like, uh, I don't want to credit Schlack to all my tattoos, but he definitely played a big part in them. Now in, in no way did he influence me to get them. Okay. He never, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, he probably forced her to get tattoos. No, he never did that. In fact, he was the one that was like, I don't want to tattoo you. I don't want to give you tattoos because, you know, this is a big thing to consider. You're going to have these your whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this unless you really know you want it. So he, he was telling me not to do it. Um, <laughs> but I remember we were at his shop one night and uh, we were going there just like to grab something. And I, I've never, I'd never gotten a tattoo. And I was like, I just want to feel what the machine looks like or feels like. I just want to know. And he's like, okay, whatever. I'll draw something stupid on your ankle he drew like a tiny little heart on my ankle and um i was like oh i kind of like i don't know like i like the adrenaline rush from it um so then we i started talking about maybe getting a tattoo and like just thinking of something small whatever and then i don't know how it came up but i had told him i was like what if i were to get just like some crazy ass word on my stomach <laughs> and little did i know <laughs> i was serious i kind of like jokingly said that and He's like, well, I mean, if you're going to get something like, you know, go big or go home, basically. Sure. So I was like, I was like, that's so crazy. Like, I've never seen a girl with just like a fucking word on her stomach. Like <laughs> something, something just out of the blue. So I started brainstorming and I, I thought of a couple things. Like I had a couple words I wanted to put on there. Like my first thought was uh, I wanted to put slaughter with like knives. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that would offend a lot of vegans and things like that. Um <laughs> So I, I had a couple words that I was kind of debating back and forth with. Um, and at this point, like, it wasn't set in stone that we were going to do the tattoo. I was just, like, thinking about it. And um, I remember Slack said, 
like randomly one day he's like why don't because like I was calling myself the monstrosity at the time I was like wrestling guys all the time I Mm -hmm. started doing that and he's like why don't you like call yourself the man eater like why don't you like you know use that on t-shirts and things and I was like that's stupid like I don't I don't like that (laughs) and then it it, like I remember I I brushed it off like I'm not using that stupid and then I I just like kept hearing it in my head over and over again for the next couple weeks and then the song came on, which I had heard many times before, but I never really paid in much attention to it. The song Man Eater came on by Thank Hollow God. in Thank my car. God. Yes. In the radio. Praise. And no, this is a true story. This happened in my car. And it was like late at night. And I just sat there and like, because like I had heard the song, but you know, you don't really listen to lyrics or pay attention. I, I really listened to it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is me <laughs> to a T. And I texted him. I was like, we're tattooing Maneater on me. (laughs) We're doing it. We're tattooing fucking Maneater on my stomach in crazy fucking chicken scratch handwriting. (laughs) I am so glad there's a a song tie into this. I I secretly had always hoped that. The song did definitely. Because if you really listen to it and you know me, which you guys do, like after this phone call, sit down and listen to the song. and You'll be like, wow, that's her. Um, But I was like. And he's like, well, I don't know if you could sit, like, that's a big tattoo. You don't know if you, because, like, the stomach is the worst spot probably on the body to get tattooed. It's extremely painful. He's like, you don't even know if you can sit through that. And I was like, I know it's going to suck, but I need this. You need to do this for me. And I'm very impulsive. So, like, once I decided I wanted, I was like, fucking do it right now. (laughs) So we went there. Uh, He's like, all right, if it's what you want. So we go there. I sat through the whole thing. I I did cry at the end because it was was pretty bad. Uh, It took about six hours. And um, I remember... Like, I had really mixed emotions that whole day because it was using my first tattoo. I didn't know, like, you know, what people were going to think, and people are so judgmental. And I remember someone, one of the tattoo artists at his shop said to me, and I'll always remember this, I said, uh, I think we had just finished tattoo, and I was like, yeah, I'm real nervous about this. Like, I don't know what people are going to think. And he said, this tattoo right here, this is either going to completely break you or it's going to make you. Like, it's going to do one or the other. Sure. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess it's too late now, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, I posted the picture, and I got a lot of. Uh, I mean, I got all types of reactions. Like, you know, some people were like, "That's crazy! That's so like you're such a badass! That's so cool! That's so different!" And some people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're ruining your career!" And and I, I never understood that because it's like it's not offensive. Right. It's not. Right. Yeah. You know, no no one should be offended by that, and it's different. Like. I'm not the kind of person that's going to go get a, a flower tattoo on my ankle. Or, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to get a tattoo, it's going to be crazy. And I don't know. I, I love it. Like, I think it was a really good move for me. And, and any other avenue of life, no, I shouldn't get Manny to tattoo <laughs> right. on my stomach. But, and that's what I try to explain to my parents and stuff. But, like, as a wrestler, I think it's great. And, you know, it, and it is on a spot on my stomach where, you know, people say, like, oh, when you're – 50 years old you're not going to want that and i'm like well i'd hope when i'm 50 i'm not showing my stomach in public <laughs> right, so fair. you know i didn't i didn't get it on my face but i want to know what did you guys think when you saw the photo i'm curious <laughs> I, I i think i was just kind of like blown away but i i think from kind of the the transition of your career and your image it, it, it i thought it fit like perfectly yeah like it, it was i mean it was I don't know if the shocking is the right word. I think caught caught me by surprise, maybe. Maria, it is shocking. It's very. It was shocking to me. It's still shocking to me. Like I I look (laughs) at myself, I'm like, wow, I did that. I really did that. I'm not gonna lie. I I Um, saw the picture of it, and I said, that's fucking fake. (laughs) That's fake. 
She she's probably so bought like a roll of ten that. of them, and she'll just fucking put them on before a show, and it's fake. That's exactly what I thought, and I was like, oh, she's really committed to this. And then I think I saw so like an Instagram picture. Yeah, I can't. Okay, so I'm not the only one. No, well, first of all, a lot of people thought that the tat like when I first posted the the picture of it, they thought it was fake, like it was like a stencil, and I just took the picture for Instagram, and then people noticed that it was it continued to be in my pictures, mm-hmm. and I think then people thought that I was like you know drawing on some stencil before every show or something like that so then i was like man i gotta start posting videos because <laughs> you can't you can't like it's not, it's not gonna look the same every single time and i can't photoshop a video right so i started posting videos and i i still think there are people that don't think it's real i get asked all the time like when i'm signing photos and stuff you're like is that that can't be real can it <laughs> it's like <laughs> what do you like, do you think I have the time to draw this on every single day? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would that would but kind of is, be exhausting. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame people for thinking that because I almost would think the same thing. And like, I think the biggest thing too is I had no other tattoos sure. at the time. Yeah, like, yeah, if I had full sleeves and leg tattoos and things like that, it wouldn't be a big deal. But like, you know, on me, it was just crazy. And I, you know, my boyfriend, he has tattoos all over him but no mm-hmm. one and some of them are crazy tattoos like his his stomach says drunk <laughs> but <laughs> but but no one really notices it because he's covered in tattoos right. you know what i mean but whereas on me i was like why am i getting all this attention why are people noticing this because it's that's all that was there um and even now like i have a lot of other tattoos now but i think the man eater is still very yeah. apparent it's just it's the center of my body it's but i no matter what anyone says, like everyone in my life could have hated it. I love it. Genuinely, I love it. And I would be honest if I didn't like something, like if I thought it was a mistake, I would be honest about it. But I, I love it. I, I understand a lot of people don't like it and they think it doesn't suit me right. But I, like, I feel so confident with it. I sure. think it makes me different. I, I like to be different. I think different is attractive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think there's like a stereotypical hot or attractive. I think different people are cool. You know, Absolutely. and I guess that explains my taste in men. But uh, <laughs> uh, I like it, I like crazy looking people. But you know, I think for what I do, if you understand wrestling and understand the way wrestling is, then you understand that it kind of makes sense. You know. Sure. Absolutely, guys. If you're listening along here on the Facebook page, hit like for Maria Manic. Give us a share. Just let everybody know what you're watching. Um, Maria, an- another huge twist in the career of Maria Manic. And we saw this on your on your uh, Twitter page. Is that you're selling eight by tens now that that contain hateful messages to your fans? Um, yeah. How, how did you think this up? And is there anything you're like particularly proud of that you've written so far? Man, I've written some really awful things, like very <laughs> crude things. Uh, so that was a total accident, and this was actually very recent. Um, it was man, it was like two weeks ago that this happened. Um, so there's a guy that comes to all the H2O shows. He's like he's, I consider him a friend now. I've known him. He's been watching me wrestle for like three years now, and um, he always buys an eight by ten. Even though we're like buddies now, like even if he has the eight by ten already, he'll still buy one for me just because he wants to support me, which I I love so much. But I, I'm always like very mean to him. Like, but he likes it. I'm just that's just my personality. He knows that's how I am. So um, I started. I would always write him like mean notes on eight by tens. And uh, I wrote one, and I took a picture of it, and I posted it to my Twitter, and I said something like, I love my fans, or I don't remember what I said. This was a couple weeks ago. And then everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. Like, uh, you know, just 
saying like, oh, I would love to get one of those. And I, I didn't know if they were serious or not. So I made a tweet and was like, if, if you want me to sign an 8 by 10 and write you a hateful message, let me know. And I got like literally 100 DMs of people that wanted them. I went to the post office the other day. I had so many packages to deliver out. Like so many people wanted this and it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like no, no one's done that before, but it's cool. Like it I get to let my personality come out. And I, I genuinely write a creative new message for every single person a creative mean evil message like awesome. i and I'll, I'll go really into it like i'll go to their twitter or go to their instagram and like find something wrong with them and make fun of them for it <laughs> like, it's so bad but they love it full commitment i love <laughs> like, that I, I went i went to some girl some girl asked for one so i went to her uh twitter and like scrolled through her pictures and she has like blue hair and i was like your hair looks the color of uh, my vomit after I down an entire bottle of whiskey. And I said, you'd probably eat my vomit, you sick fuck. <laughs> Just like, as awful as I could possibly make it. Maria Manic 8x10s uh, make great Christmas presents for your grandparents. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. I had a couple people that were like, this is for my mom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's and awesome. I, I ask people, I say, I say, let me know on a scale of like one to ten how bad you want it. Because like, you know, some people, I've had some people like, yo, just give me like a light roast. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's crazy. And then some people are like, I want you to tear me to shreds. Like, I want to cry after this. Like, wow. some people want it real, real mean. Yeah. You'd be surprised. A lot of people enjoy being uh, like degraded and humiliated. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I guess I found my true calling in life. There you go. Uh, there you go being an asshole <laughs> that'll do it i mean that people always say like oh as a heel you can't sell merch i'm like oh yes you can <laughs> <laughs> oh touche you don't have to you don't got to break character at all but i make i i almost paid i was paying bills last week with my merch money like it oh, was yes. crazy i i sold a lot of those awesome i had to like i had to order new pictures like overnight because i like i i had a whole stack of them but i ran out it was nice. crazy unreal good story right there nice. that, that's the guess the, the feel good part that <laughs> right, you like it is. it's like oh i had to order more because yeah. there's often times where you order them and then you just sit and you don't do anything yeah. with them so, and you've got a backlog of old yeah. 8x10s that just uh, these will never sell <laughs> it was funny i was i was at work and i had like some extra time so i just brought my um bag of eight by tens in my sharpie so i could like start working on my notes my letters and stuff because it, it takes a while to write individualized notes to every sure. person oh yeah um and i'm sitting at my job and my manager like comes up behind me and i'm just like casually writing eat my ass on this <laughs> <eight by 10." laughs> and he has no idea about like he knows i wrestle but like no idea like what kind of wrestler i am or the things i'm doing <laughs> and he's like uh is that how you sign all your photos <laughs> I was like, listen, just don't ask because you don't want this whole story. You really don't. <laughs> and if you want to see examples of these, fo actually follow her on social media, on Twitter, at the Maria Manic. Yeah. Uh, there's examples of that. But I was I was perusing your, your Twitter timeline as well, so it's going to sound like we're all creepers on your timeline. Um, but there was, there was one tweet uh, from a day ago. Uh, that really struck a nerve me because it, 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 I think all everyone who's been involved in wrestling, either actively or passively, has had this. But your tweet was, I don't think there's anything more frustrating than trying to explain wrestling to someone that doesn't know wrestling. So my question is, oh my who hurt you? What, like, what? Because <laughs> obviously that tweet came from a place where you had an interaction with someone, and you can exclude names to, to protect the innocent. But like, 
we've all had the conversation whether you're at work or you're somewhere else and like they know you're involved in wrestling whether you're a fan or anything else and then you try to like you get into a conversation where you're trying to explain wrestling and they're like eh, and it's a really difficult situation so like especially specifically here like what triggered it? Who triggered you a day ago to think of that so and, and to it, remind it everyone? It is funny that there was a day ago. It, I cannot tell you that it's one person because I am dead ass. It is at least 20 people a day. Okay. Oh. So I, I, I train like group classes now, like big, I train like 10 people at one time, like fitness classes. And, you know, you tell a and I have to tell them I wrestle because they ask me, why do you have a bandage on the top of your head? You know right. what I mean? Like right. I have to kind of explain it. So the, the ones that have been there for a while with me, like, they know. But then every time someone new comes in, it's, it's the same three questions every day. And I, I'm te- I got so mad yesterday that I was, like, raging. And my <laughs> like, I was so angry because there was so many times. And these are the questions. They'll say, uh, oh, you're a wrestler. Did, you know, like, what league do you wrestle for? <laughs> yeah, like people think and that wrestling is MMA. They, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or oh like, my. did you wrestle in high school? Or they'll, and they'll say, so I have my ways of answering it. I'll say, no, I wrestle for a lot of companies. Okay. And then they'll be like, oh well, I've never seen you on TV before. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, well, it, you know, it's like it's uh, independent uh, wrestling. And uh, and they're like, oh, you know, like what style of wrestling? I'm like, oh, like you know. WWE style wrestling and he's like oh well if you're signed with WWE how do you work this job <laughs> and I'm like I, I can't I, just get away from me just get away yeah, from just me like, I can't explain it to you that's exactly <laughs> and how I it get goes. so frustrated that I can't like I, I I just want the conversation to shut off I want it shut off and once people know you're a wrestler they make jokes about it all the time like they're not trying to be mean but like the, the, my coworkers, like every time I walk in a room they're like don't beat us up or don't body slam me and it's like it's funny a couple times, but right. it's like, I don't think they realize that I get this from every single person in my life outside of wrestling <laughs> all the time. Or like guys trying to hit on me like, oh, I'd love to wrestle you. Like, do you not think that I haven't heard that a hundred times? It doesn't work. Like, the pickup line is not working, bud. Mm. That's like the, the female cop gets, hey, There's Charlie's angel. Right. Yeah. What do you say? Is it like like the female cop gets hey Charlie's angel? Like yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's it's beaten to death and then beaten to death again. <laughs> and if it's, it's like, there's nothing in this world that infuriates me more to the point where I'm, I remember saying I was like, man, if I ever get a new job, which I hope I don't because I like my job right now, but if I ever get a new job, I'm not letting anybody know that I wrestle. And it, there are ways to hide it because like I have a, a real name that mm-hmm. I use at work. That's obviously not Maria Manic. Um, but it's not your real name. What? <laughs> Manic is my last name. It's, you know, it's a family name. All right. Okay. I, all right. Santa Claus is real. We got it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I, I always say I'm not going to tell people, but then it always comes up to some degree. Cause it's like, why do you have black eye? You know what I mean? Like I, ha- I can't just be like, Oh, I have a black eye from life from, you know, from my cats at home like it's not believable (laughs) so i always end up having to tell people and i don't want to tell people i almost don't like i didn't this sounds so bad i did not go home for thanksgiving this year simply because i don't feel like being in a situation around my family where they're like you do what do you wrestle are you hulk hogan you know i I don't (laughs) want to be around it's either i can't force myself to do it it's thing it's either people like that or people who are like 
without saying so much, but like people who think they know how the sausage is made, but yeah. they don't. Right. And they like try to like, like, Oh, so it, it's, it's this, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh huh. Sure. Just it's yes. Like, whatever. It's like, you get it. You got it. Yep. Nailed it. It's like, no, this is my it. favorite is like the older, like I have like some older women at my job, like in their like fifties, sixties. And they'll be like, um, Oh, well, you're like that wrestler, China. Well, she she died at a young age, so, you know, you're going to die at a young age, too. Oh. Just straight up, like... Jeez. Like, thanks. Wow. I didn't have life goals. I'm like, well, you're probably right. I probably will die, Daddy, but you don't need to tell me that. Hey, fuck you, Doris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got some rapid-fire questions here. We're almost done with you, Maria. Thank you again for uh, joining us. Um so Matt came up with some of these. I came up with some of my own. So some rapid fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Cats or dogs? What do you think? Cats. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Because no, I love dogs, but I just don't have time to take care of one. So cats. So obviously. cats. Okay. Um, what belongs on a hot dog? Well, there's like so many. Relish, mustard, ketchup. Okay. Who wins in a fight? Jamie Senegal or Jordan Grace? Jamie, Jamie's crazy. Jamie will stab her. Okay. What movie scared you as a child? Anything clay animation. Okay, so then that That's ties into true. this one. Anything more scarier than Wallace and Gromit? Stop. Oh, my God. Scary <laughs> uh, the Wallace and Gromit. Uh, Maria when she's hungry. Hungry, okay. okay. All right. All right. Disney or Hello Kitty? Hello Kitty. On a scale of 1 to 10, how fun is it to beat up Jimmy Chondo Lion? Man, that's a 100. It's a 100. Nice. Um, Target or Walmart? Walmart, because I shop at 3 in the morning. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Um, which live-action Disney movie are you more excited for, Lion King, Dumbo, or Aladdin? I have no interest in the Dumbo movie. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. So, what was the first one? Uh, Lion King or Aladdin? Lion King. Lion King. All right. Lion King. Toilet paper over or under? I'm weird. Like, I stand up and wipe and put my leg up. Okay. I mean, we on, all do. On the bathtub. That's a normal on thing. On the bathtub. Right. So, I guess behind. Okay. Maybe. Does, does, yeah, pineapple, does pineapple belong on pizza? 100%. Will you, uh, will you ever be able to top going down on a blow-up doll in your wrestling career? <laughs> Never in my life. Fantastic. Uh, what's your favorite board game? I don't play board games. I can't read. I'm illiterate. Okay. Uh, Denny's or salad? Denny's or salad what? works? Denny's or salad works? Yeah. Actually, salad works is good, but Denny's, of course. I, I enjoy both. What is the most unattractive male name? Robert. We're Who- safe. Who could do more push-ups, Nyla Rose or you in 2014? Wow, Nyla Rose, 100%. What is the best type of cheese? Provolone. Oh, solid choice. Uh, What is the weirdest thing someone's ever done in your house? Uh, One time, Jamie Senegal, deadass, is a true story, told me that like, we hadn't slept in, like, three days, and I was like, let's decorate the apartment. Let's redecorate my apartment. 
And he's like, okay. And I came back, and he said, we're going to Home Depot. We're going to buy supplies, and we're going to take your wall down. No. Like, we're going to take your wall. I am not kidding. This motherfucker wanted to take my wall down in my apartment that I rent. Jesus. (laughs) In a rental. That's solid. So good. Um, I have another gaming story in my home, too. One time, he would not like me, so I don't care. Jamie got really drunk one night, and I was, like, babysitting him at this point. He almost drowned in my bathtub, first of all. And then... I realized that Jamie's been missing for, like, three hours, okay? And it's, like, five in the morning, like, six in the morning. Like, people are going to work. I come outside. Jamie's passed out on his hands and knees in a robe outside, <laughs> sleeping <laughs> in, my, in my front yard. People are going to work, and he's just asleep with his head down in the grass. Lawn ornament. Yeah. Final one for you. Do you think Internet has killed wrestling? <sighs> yeah. All right. There it is. That's I, the... I don't think that I don't think it's killed to the point of not being able to resurrect, but I think it has killed it. It's wounded. Yeah. Mortally yeah, mortally wounded. But I think I think that everything goes in a circle and I, I think the internet has killed wrestling from being um edgy and hardcore and, you know, mm-hmm. R rated. I think it's made wrestling very like, you know, oh let's make the fans happy and if the fans are offended by this then we're not gonna do it. Um but I think everything goes in circle. So I think wrestling is going to go back to that era at some point soon. Solid. My, my opinion, but, yeah. you know. Some of the comments, uh, Chad also stands to wipe so you're not alone, he said. Uh, Chad also enjoys Gouda cheese. And Scott wants to know, was it, like a, was it a Ric Flair-style robe that Jamie was in or just like a regular old bathrobe? It was like a slutty Victoria's Secret robe, like a pink silk robe. Naturally, even, I should have guessed. Even better. Even better. Yeah, it was mine. It was mine. <laughs> All right, Maria, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up uh, with, with you here. But before we let you go, uh, make sure if people, if they're not following you already on social media, they're missing out. But let them know where they can follow you. And we know that you're kind of taking the rest of December off. But where will be where will people be able to uh, find you in 2019? I got a lot of stuff in 2019. Um, I am going to I will post in a couple weeks, kind of my schedule for the next, uh, for January. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I have it all written down and I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, H2O is a homestay, uh, CZW, Queens of Combat, mm-hmm. um, uh, Women's Hardcore Hustle now. Um, definitely count me in for those. Uh, and social media is all the Maria Manic. All right, very good. Everything. Well, we uh, we definitely will be tentatively writing in pen that uh, that that (laughs) women's hardcore show. Heavy pencil. Yeah, heavy pencil, light pen. One of somewhere between the two. But Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and see you sooner than later once the uh, once the calendar turns here, Maria. We we appreciate you joining us here again tonight for the uh, the fourth annual December. Uh, Christmas can officially happen now. It can because this happened. Yeah, so it can't happen until you we know do I'll this. Be here ne- you know, I'll be here next year sure. and the year after that and the year after that. Absolutely. When some people search for the pickle on the tree. We we search for the Maria Manic show in December. Yeah. Now it's Christmas. I'm gonna be like 40 years old, like not even <laughs> wrestling anymore, still doing this podcast. That that sounds like a that sounds like a plan. That, yeah, we got we got time. We got plenty. We got plenty of time. I, I really I don't I don't do any other podcasts anymore because I just like don't. I don't know. I don't have the motivation or energy to do it. But this one, I'm like, yes, because I know one day, one day you're going to have to like get a, a clip from each one of my years 
and put it all into one. Like a supercut. Oh, damn. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, a supercut. Absolutely. All right. Maria, we're gonna thank let, you. We're gonna let you go. We thank you again for joining us and uh we'll see you soon and we'll talk to you next December. All right, bye. We'll see you then. Thank you.